Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tennis Fanalist Podcast. I'm Marcus Alley and joining me to look ahead to the Western and Southern Open final and next week's US Open is Michael Gillett. How are you doing? I'm very good. I'm enjoying watching loads of tennis at long last. Yeah, it was an absolute cracker last night that we'll be discussing later on between Novak Djokovic and Roberto Bautista Aguirre. So let's get into it. So just initially, Michael, we're looking forward to two finals in the Western Southern Open today. Uh, firstly, there's Naomi Osaka versus Victoria Azarenka. And then coming up in, on the men's side is Novak Djokovic versus Milos Raonic. Having looked at both the semi-finals, Djokovic obviously having to work a lot harder for his place in the final than the Canadian former Wimbledon finalist Milos Raonic. Um, do you think that might have an impact on the game? Um, it definitely could. It definitely could. Djokovic has, has definitely been pushed a little bit harder than than Reinich this tournament. Um, who who is yet to actually? Oh no, has only he did drop one set in uh, his quarterfinal, but he did get through matches a bit quicker. Um, but if you look at the head-to-head record between them, it looks a bit grim for Reinich. Uh, they played ten times. Djokovic has won ten times. Uh, across those 10 matches, Ryanich has only actually won two sets. Um, they played in two Masters finals before in Indian Wales and Paris, and Djokovic has won them 6 2, 6 love, and 6 2, 6 3. So, as much as I want to give Ryanich a chance going into this match, and, and he has played some fantastic tennis this week, he's made real light work of, of, of five brilliant players in, in Sam Query, Dan Evans, Andy Murray. Uh, Philip Krajinovic and Stefano Tsitsipas. He's played some brilliant players and he's looking so good. But um, I think stylistically, I think it's the perfect sort of final for Djokovic. And I I think it does look a little bit grim for Ryanich. I, I don't rate his chances a lot. Yeah, I do have to agree. That is a bit of a, a worrying statistic. Obviously, Djokovic being such a great returner of serve and that being such a big part of Milos Raonic's game. May may just uh, lead, lead into that's why he's been so successful over Raonic over the last few years. Um, I know you thoroughly enjoyed Djokovic's semi-final last night against Roberto Bautista, a good, the, an absolute warrior, the little Spaniard. I mean, he, there's shades of David Ferrer in his game. I think that I see uh, just just the non-stop running, and uh, it did serve for the match in the last set before getting broken by Djokovic, and then. Djokovic went on to take the tie-break 7-0. But still, a, a good week for the Spaniard and, and an impressive performance. Yeah, it was a fantastic week uh, for Roberto Bautista. And, and good to see him back so quick. He's, as we, I think we've spoken in the last couple of episodes about how much we like watching him play. Um, he, it's quite refreshing to watch him play because he's not one of these big guys who will just fire big serve down after big serve he really really works to to win the points that uh he wins and I think you know when I talk about styles uh obviously I said Reinich is is we both said Reinich is a good style for Djokovic to play Roberto Bautista is sort of the opposite um for Djokovic because they're both similar players in the sense that that they they just have to work really, really hard to, to win their points. And there were some fantastic rallies last night. And um, Bautista Agut really, really took Djokovic to the edge before the match. Uh, Bautista Agut had won two of their last three meetings. Uh, 
And the one that he lost came in the Wimbledon semi last year, which he actually still gave Djokovic a really, really good match in anyway. Um, winning a set in that Wimbledon semi. Um, yeah, I think Bautista, are good. yeah, just very pleased to see him back and playing well because he is one of my favourite players to watch on tour. Um, it was a bit of a mad end to the match. Djokovic served for the match at 5-3 up uh, and he got broken there. Uh, he, he missed a really easy forehand uh, to give a second consecutive break to Bautista Agut, who was 6-5 up and then serving himself for the match. Uh, but, but Djokovic just played exquisitely to, to get that break back. And, you know, just in the tie break, there was only one winner in it. And it, it was a shame for Roberto Bautista Agut that it had that climax. Uh, you know, he couldn't really make a lot of the tie break, but it was a, a fantastic tie break performance from Djokovic. And he really showed why he is uh, a massive champion. Yeah, definitely going into the final as favourite, rightfully the top seed, Novak Djokovic. Um, obviously, you've uh, hammered me a bit in the prediction league. I mean, those loyal listeners will know that Michael had Sitsipas. He's missed out on that. He had Sitsipas to the final. Obviously, lost to Raonic in the semi and Djokovic to win. Whereas I had uh, Dominic Team that went out in in his first match to Filip Krajinovic. Um, so just moving on. Um, to, to the women's draw and it's an interesting final sort of a name of old coming through the draw in Victoria Azarenka to make the final and she's going to take on former US Open champion Naomi Osaka should be quite an interesting match Michael yeah definitely um, it's been a brilliant week for Victoria Azarenka she's ranked 59th now and uh, she hasn't won a Grand Slam since 2013 which uh, Surprised me a little bit when I read that. It feels a little bit more recent that Azarenka was at the top of her game, but uh, hasn't been ranked number one since 2012. Um, and, and she's only 31. She's still got um, probably a three, four, five years of, of sort of prime tennis now because now we're, we're seeing, especially on the men's side of the game, players can go well into their 30s playing some of their best tennis. Uh, so it, it does surprise me a little bit that... Um, Azarenka has had such a fall because she, she's looked brilliant this week. Um, she got through in straight sets in her first four matches against Donna Vekic, Caroline Garcia, uh, Cornet and Jabor. Uh, and then uh, looked really good against Joanna Contra in the semi-final yesterday, coming back from a set down uh, and winning 6-1 in the third. So, um, yeah, Azarenka looking really, really good. Um, but Osaka... You would fancy as the favourite. She she leads her head to head two one. Uh, she's a temp seed in this tournament, um, and yeah, she's also looked really good. Got some some good wins, but she has been pushed further than Azarenka. She's uh, gone for a few tough three setters against Mitchover and Kontaveit. So um, if you're looking at time on court and who has the most energy, you'd maybe argue that Azarenka uh, overall. He's got a bit more energy, but um, yeah, I think it's a good match. And I think, you know, you could definitely see that going to go in the distance. Yeah, certainly. So two epic finals on the cards today. The women's one should start around around four o'clock English time. And then the men's one will come in, well, just on the same court straight after. Um, So yeah, if if you want to tune in and watch those and get your US Open hype on. That's the two finals of the Western Southern Open today. Naomi Osaka versus Victoria Azarenka and Novak Djokovic versus Milos Raonic.
Moving on to the Grand Slam and the tournament we've all been waiting for. The US Open draw has recently come out and uh, we're just going to have a sift through and point out some interesting first round ties that, that we've seen in the draw. Um, to kick it off, I mean, the most interesting, in my opinion, in what could be an incredibly entertaining game to watch. We've bigged up this guy before on the podcast and he hasn't necessarily backed, up, backed it up with form for us, but... It's young Yannick Sinner, the Italian, and he's taking on also quite young Russian Karen Hatchinov in the first round. I mean, it's an absolutely mouth-watering tie. Um, you know, two players, very powerful, usually hit a lot of winners. Um, Hatchinov, the bigger serve than Yannick Sinner. But um, yeah, this should just be a, could be a feast of the neutral. Yeah, for sure. I think um, that was definitely one of, of two that really stood out for me in the first round draw. Uh, Sinner will hope to make a good comeback from his first match back since the suspension because, you know, he, he looked really good in the, the exhibition tennis that we watched, especially out in Germany, uh, the Bet One Aces, and expecting bigger things from him coming into Cincinnati. And he lost in the first round of qualifying to compatriot uh, Caruso, uh, both of Italy. So, you know, that's, that's a shame that Sinner will feel that uh, he can bounce back. We we discussed last week, Hatchinoff can be prone to some surprise upsets and disappointing results from him. Uh, so Sinner will feel that he's got every chance in this match. And that's a first round match that I think everyone should be wanting to watch because I can't see that being particularly one-sided. Hatchinoff can struggle to get through matches and, and Sinner is is a real young talent who could really take him to the edge there. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I could see that one, that, go, that going all the way to a fifth set. Um, next up, I've just got written down a bit of a, a banana skin, as I just described it pre-pod. Um, Roberto Bautista got obviously having such a good week this week, um, you know, coming so close to making the final. And he's been drawn against Tennis Sangren in the first round of the US Open, a, double quarter finalist at the Australian Open and yeah just a bit of a tricky customer if you're not on on your game and Sangren serves well which is a big part of his game and uh, this this could be a tricky game for the Spaniard. Yeah for sure and what really impresses me about Tennis Sangren is his ability to get through five set matches he's you know we were discussing last week he's made uh, the Australian Open quarter final twice now um, he he really likes the the five set setup and definitely a tough match for Bautista who will be feeling it from from this week because you know last night was an epic battle against Djokovic I think it went on over three hours um, might might be wrong on the time there but it it went on a very long time and uh, yeah it, as you say it's a, it's a massive banana skin um, I think Bautista will get through it. Because he is such a, I don't want to say reliable player, but he's just gets on court and he will take on and, and give it his best against whatever's put up against him. And I'm not sure if Sandgren will have the weapons to beat him on the day if Bautista Gut plays like he has this last week. But, um, you know, best of five sets, very different. And as you say, the banana skin, I think, is the, the best way to sum the match up. Yeah, moving on to another tie involving an American and it's up and coming also big server, Riley Opelka. 
and he plays David Goffin in in the first round. Goffin's had quite a good week uh, in in the Western Southern Open. Um, some some memorable wins over Borna Chorich, of course. Um, however, this one just could be quite quite a tough first round match for both players. I mean, they're both. Um, would have been hoping for a, for a much lower ranked player than that. So, um, yeah, could be a high quality game anyway in the first. Well, yeah, you say um, David Goffin has had a, a brilliant week, but I'd say Riley Opelka has probably had an even better week at the Cincinnati Masters, coming through in straights against Cameron Norrie, Diego Schwartzman, and, and most impressively, Matteo Berrettini uh, in the round of 16. So, Opelka, I think, has Im- impressed me a lot this week, and unfortunately, he he had to retire at 6-5 up in the, the first set against Stefan Sitsipas, which I think is a real shame because 6-5 up in the first set, you know, you, you, you're looking really good. And, um, yeah, so I've, I think that's definitely a, a very tough first round match. Goffin has got a bit more experience than Opelka, which might help. But then Goffin, you know, he's, he's never really been a, a, a huge Grand Slam player you know if I'm thinking about it now I can't really think of a standout run and correct me if I'm wrong and I'm forgetting something but I can't really think of a standout run that David Goffin's had at a Grand Slam so I think Opelka will really feel that this that he's there for the taking and I, I think I will back Opelka in this match. Yeah I've I think Goffin might be able to grind it out, but um, yeah, definitely, definitely a big test if Opelka can obviously recover from having to withdraw from the court in the Western Southern Open. Next match, we're moving on to a bit of a, a British perspective. Um, just going to put it out there that there could be a really exciting time of Andy Murray taking on Felix Oje and Liasim in round two, should they both qualify. Um, but the game I want to highlight, Michael, or you can have a word on on Andy Murray, of course, is Diego Schwartzman against Cameron Norrie. Yeah, again, um, this is a very interesting match. Schwartzman, a bit more suited to the clay court, as we've said in the past, whereas Cameron Norrie will feel a lot more at home on the the hard court uh, of of the US. He does a lot of his um, training out in the US anyway. I I think he lives over there. So, um, you know, I think Norrie will definitely fancy his chances against Diego Schwartzman. Schwartzman obviously uh, had that loss to Riley Opelka last week, whereas Norrie uh, had some really good results last week and some encouraging results. Uh, got through qualifying uh, against uh, Kukushkin and Myshark, who are both tricky customers, and and he actually also lost to Opelka, uh, as as I just said. So in Cincinnati, I think. It's an interesting one from a British perspective, and I I think I'm going to go for the upset. I think I'm going to back Cameron Norrie to win that one. Fair enough. I mean, maybe I'm going for the obvious choice, but I do think Schwartzman will have a little bit too much for Norrie, although I can definitely see Norrie getting at least one set, maybe even two. Um, The next game that I'd like to highlight might not jump out at many people, but I think stylistically it could be very entertaining one. Obviously, uh, the Serbian Filip Krajinovic has had a very good week. Western Southern Open making the quarterfinal and obviously having that memorable win over Dominic Team, only dropping three games to win that win that match. Uh, he takes Mikhail Imer, another player that I definitely uh, have gone big on as as one to watch in the years to come. 
Um, just, yeah, very athletic, energetic player. I think we could see some really breathless rallies in this game. And, uh, yeah, so that's Filip Kujinovic versus Mikhail Imer, the wild card, I believe, from, from Sweden. Yeah, um, I would would say that it's probably going to, I think, would be a straightforward win for Kujinovic. I know you rate you uh, Imer very highly and uh, I'll... You know, stand to be corrected on this in time, but uh, Krajinovic has looked very good this week, and uh, yeah, I don't give Imer much of a chance in that one. Yeah, fair enough. Rightfully, uh, a strong favourite is the Serbian, and the last game that we'd like to highlight is well, arguably the best two players coming head to head in the first round. That is South African double Grand Slam finalist Kevin Anderson, who's outside the top one hundred at the moment, coming into this one with a protected ranking. And um, he takes on the world number seven, Sasha Zverev of Germany. Obviously lost out to Andy Murray this week in the Western Southern Open. But yeah, just a horrible first round draw for Zverev, who could have been matched up against a player sort of below 80 in the world. And he ends up, well, he has got someone below 80 in the world, but it's in the form of former US Open finalist, of course, Kevin Anderson. Yeah, I'm surprised you've you've left this one last uh, of the highlighted first rounds because this, for me, was the the match of the first round. Though, you know, Kevin Anderson isn't the the most exciting player to watch. I think this um, could be a, a a really good match. I think it's it's if we're talking about banana skins, this is a huge banana skin for Alexander Zverev, um, who. Before the Australian Open this year, he, he hadn't had a brilliant time at the Grand Slams. Um, you know, he, he made his first Grand Slam semi at the Australian Open this year. Uh, previously, he had made a quarter at the French. Uh, but, you know, he, he he hasn't shown brilliant results in, in the Grand Slams or what we would have expected from him, whereas Kevin Anderson has. And I think this one is really interesting. I, on my predictions, I will go for Alexander Zverev. I feel it's a little bit safer. Um, Anderson got a good win. Uh, I, I believe it was against Query. It was another big server. I uh, could be wrong on Sam Query. But um, he did also then get beaten very comprehensively by uh, Stefano Tsitsipas, uh, only winning four games in that match. And I've just, just looked and I correct myself. It was Kyle Edmonds that Kevin Anderson beat in the first round. But uh, he, he'll want to bounce back from that, that heavy defeat from Sitsipas. And I think out of all the first round matches, I think this is a very, very 50-51. And I, I really don't know where this is going to go. Yeah, it will definitely be a tight one. So that concludes our quick look ahead to the US Open. We'll be doing a bigger preview and that should be coming out on on Monday. That'll involve more of our predictions. And yeah, we'll just dig a little bit deeper into the draw and some of the players that we're going to be seeing. So moving on, it's just that final bit of trivia to go. And uh, Michael, let's see how you get on in Guess the Player. So to begin Guess the Player this week, Michael, the first clue is... The player you've got to guess is 35 years old. Oh, bit of a veteran. Um, 35. We'll go Fernando Vadasco. Good effort. I think I did that on the very first episode, Fernando Vadasco. Yeah. It's not. I think you did. I realised when I was saying that. 
Um, second clue, he has a career high ranking of eight. Okay, uh, been up there, 35 years old, but I'm going to assume that he's fallen a little bit, or maybe a fair amount. Uh, what about Janko Tipsarevic? I like it. It's a great effort, but it's not It's not him. This player hasn't fallen much, um, to be honest. And I think I'm right in saying Tipsarevic is actually retired now, so maybe that's out of the rules of uh, guest the player. I reckon it's going to get to the point where we'll be doing retired players, don't worry. Um, the third clue is he's never got past the fourth round at the Australian Open and the French Open. <laughs> right. Um, okay. 35 years old, has been eight in the world. Never got a fourth round, you say? Never got past the fourth round. So it's never, never got past the fourth round at the Aussie or the French. So probably not a clay court specialist. Um, 35, I, I don't feel like he's as old as 35. But, um, uh, it could be, yeah, uh, Feliciano Lopez. Good effort. He's a lot older than 35, I'm pretty sure. Uh, incorrect. Not sure what his career high ranking is, but when he does turn it on, he's definitely up there. Um, fourth clue is he won the Miami Masters in 2018. Okay. Miami Masters in 2018. <laughs> um, oh. But never been past the fourth round of the French, so it can't be... Okay, I Songa just came to my head, but Songa's been higher than eight, definitely higher than eight. Songa's been four, I think. So, um, yeah, okay, not Songa. I was thinking Gilles Simon, but I'm not 100% sure if Gilles Simon has won a Masters. Has he won a Masters? I don't think so. Especially two years ago. I feel like I would remember that. Um... Career high of eight. Um, um, let's go David Goffin. Good effort. Uh, not 35 yet, I'm pretty sure. But um, yeah, good effort. So the f- final clue, and um, this is definitely a memorable match, but I'm not telling you what match it was. This player was a Wimbledon semi-finalist in 2018. So the same year that he won the Miami Masters. Oh, God. Okay. I want to say finalist 2018. So 2018, Djokovic won and he beat Kevin Anderson. Oh, it's um, it's John Isner. Yeah, correct. Well done. Was yeah, up. very memorable match. Went, went on and on. Longest semi-final in a Grand Slam, I think. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's the reason they've done away with that... Uh... Um, not having a tie-break in the, in the final set. Um, but yeah, John Isner it is. I was actually surprised he's, he's, he's 35. That's crept up quite quickly. Yeah, yeah. I think I, if you'd asked me as a trivia question before, what's John Isner's age? I probably would have gone 32 or 33. I, I wouldn't have thought 35. Yeah, not, not a style that involves a lot of running at times. But yeah, John Isner is, is the guest of player this week. That concludes this week's episode. Well, not we're doing more than one a week now, 
But uh, this episode of the Tennis Fanless podcast will be back on Monday with a bigger preview of the US Open. Enjoy the conclusion of the Western and Southern Open. And uh, yeah, have a good weekend.